are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. In agriculture or farming, cropping systems vary among farms depending on the available resources and constraints, geography, and climate of the farm. Shifting cultivation, or slash and burn, is a system in which forests are burnt, releasing nutrients to support cultivation of annual and then perennial crops for a period of several years. Then, the plot is left fallow to regrow forest, and the farmer moves to a new plot, returning after many more years, sometimes as many as 10 to 20. This fallow period is shortened if population density grows, requiring the input of nutrients, fertilizer or manure, and some manual pest control. Annual cultivation is the next phase of intensity in which there is no fallow period. This requires even greater nutrient and pest control inputs. Further industrialization lead to the use of monocultures when one cultivar is planted on a large acreage. Because of low biodiversity, nutrient use is uniform and pests tend to build up, necessitating the greater use of pesticides and fertilizers. Multiple cropping, in which several crops are grown sequentially in one year, and intercropping when several crops are grown at the same time 
are other kinds of annual cropping systems known as polycultures. In subtropical and arid environments, the timing and extent of agriculture may be limited by rainfall, either not allowing multiple annual crops in a year or requiring irrigation. In all these environments, perennial crops are grown, such as coffee and chocolate. And systems are practiced such as agroforestry. In temperate environments, where ecosystems were predominantly grassland or prairie, high product annual cropping is the dominant farming system. The last century has seen the intensification, concentration, and specialization of agriculture, relying upon new technologies of agricultural chemicals, both fertilizer and pesticides, mechanicization, and plant breeding, hybrids, and GMOs. In the past few decades, a move towards sustainability in agriculture has also developed integrating ideas of socio-economic justice and conservation of resources and the environment within a farming system. This has led to the development of many responses to the conventional agricultural approach, including organic agriculture, urban agriculture, community-supported agriculture, ecological or biological agriculture, integrated farming, and holistic management, as well as an increased trend towards agricultural diversification. Important categories of crops include grains and pseudograins, pulses, legumes, forage, and fruits and vegetables. Specific crops are cultivated in distinct growing regions throughout the world. In millions of metric tons, based on UN food production statistics. Animals, including horses, mules, oxen, camels, llamas, alpacas, and dogs, are often used to help cultivate fields, harvest crops, wrangle other animals, and transport farm products to buyers. Animal husbandry not only refers to the breeding and raising of animals for meat or to harvest animal products like milk, eggs, 
or wool on a continual basis, but also to the breeding and care of species for work and companionship. Livestock production systems can be defined based on feed source, on grassland, based, mixed, and landless. Grassland-based livestock production relies upon plant material such as shrubland, rangeland, and pastures for feeding ruminant animals. Outside nutrient inputs may be used. However, manure is returned directly to the grassland as a major nutrient source. This system is particularly important in areas where crop production is not feasible because of climate or soil. This represents 30 to 40 million pastoralists. Mixed production systems use grassland, fodder crops, and grain feed crops as feed for ruminant and monoastic, which is one stomach, mainly chicken and pigs, livestock. Manure is typically recycled in mixed systems as fertilizer for crops. Approximately 68% of all agricultural land is permanent pastures used in the production of livestock. Landless systems rely upon feed from outside the farm, representing the delinking of crop and livestock production found more prevalently in OECD member countries. In the U.S., 70% of the grain grown is fed to animals on feedlots. Synthetic fertilizers are more heavily relied upon for crop production and manure utilization becomes a challenge as well as a source for pollution. Tillage is the practice of plowing soil to prepare for planting or for nutrient incorporation or for pest control. Tillage varies in intensity from conventional to no-till. It may improve productivity by warming the soil incorporating fertilizer and controlling weeds, but it also renders soil more prone to erosion, triggers the decomposition of organic matter releasing CO2, and reduces the abundance and diversity of soil organisms. Pest control includes the management of weeds insects, mites, and diseases. Chemical pest, pest control, known as pesticides, and biological pest control, known as biocontrol, 
and mechanical pest control known as tillage and cultural practices are used. Cultural practices include crop rotation, culling, cover crops, intercropping, composting, avoidance and resistance. Integrated pest management attempts to use all these methods to keep pest populations below the number which would cause economic loss and recommends pesticides as a last resort. Nutrient management includes both the source of nutrient inputs for crop and livestock production and the method of utilization of manure produced by the livestock. Nutrient inputs can be chemical, inorganic fertilizers, manure, green manure, compost, and mined minerals. Crop nutrients use may also be managed using cultural techniques such as crop rotation or a fallow period. Manure is either used by either holding livestock where the feed crop is growing, such as in managed intensive rational gazing, or by spreading either dry or liquid formulizations of manure on croplands or pastures. Water management is where rainfall is insufficient or variable, which occurs to some degrees in most regions of the world. Some farmers use irrigation to supplement rainfall. In other areas, such as the Great Plains in the US and Canada, farmers use a fallow year to conserve soil moisture to use for growing a crop in the following year. Agriculture represents 70% of freshwater use worldwide. In the United States, food cost attributed to processing, distribution, and marketing have risen while the cost attributed to farming have declined. This is related to the greater efficiency of farming combined with the increased level of value addition, example, more highly processed products provided by the supply chain. From the year 1960 to 1980, the farm share was around 40%, but by the year 1990, it had declined to about 30%, and by 1998, it declined even more to 22%.
market concentration has increased in the sector as well, with the top 20 food manufacturers accounting for half the food processing value in 1995. That is over double that produced in 1954. As of the year 2000, the top six U.S. supermarket groups had 50% of sales compared to 32% in 1992. Although the total effect of the increased market concentration is likely increased efficiency, the changes redistribute economic surplus from producers, known as farmers, and consumers and may have negative implications for rural communities. Crop alteration has been practiced by humankind for thousands of years since the beginning of civilization. Altering crops through breeding practices changes the genetic makeup of a plant to develop crops with more beneficial characteristics for humans. For example, larger fruits or seeds, drought tolerance, or resistance to pests. Significant advances in plant breeding ensued after the work of geneticist Gregor Mendel. His work on dominant and recessive alleles gave plant breeders a better understanding of genetics and brought great insight to the techniques utilized by plant breeders. Crop breeding includes techniques such as plant selection with desirable traits, self-pollinization and cross-pollinization, and molecular techniques that genetically modify the organism. Domestication of plants has, over the centuries, increased yield improved disease resistance and drought tolerance, eased harvest, and improved the taste and nutritional value of crop plants. Careful selection and breeding have had enormous effects on the characteristics of crop plants. Plant selection and breeding in the 1920s and 1930s improved pastures in New Zealand. Extensive X-ray and ultraviolet introduced mutagenesis efforts, which is primitive genetic engineering during the 1950s, produced the modern commercial varieties of grain, such as wheat, corn, and barley. The Green Revolution popularized the use of conventional hybridization to increase yield many folds 
by creating high yield varieties. For example, average yields of corn in the U.S. have increased from around 2.5 tons per hectare or 40 bushels per acre in 1900 to about 9.4 hectares or 150 bushels per acre in 2001. Similarly, worldwide average wheat yields have increased from less than one hectare in 1900 to more than 2.5 in 1990. South America average wheat yields are around 2, Africa under 1, Egypt and Arabia up to 3.5 to 4 with irrigation. In contrast, the average wheat yield in countries such as France is over 8. Variations in yield are due mainly to variations in climate, genetics, and level of intense farming technique, uses of fertilizer, chemical, pest control, growth control to avoid pests. There is also genetic engineering in our farms. Genetically modified organisms, GMOs, are organisms whose genetic material have been altered by genetic engineering techniques, generally known as recombinant DNA technology. Genetic engineering has expanded the genes available to breeders to utilize in creating desired germlines for new crops. After mechanical tomato harvesters were developed in the early 1960s, agricultural scientists genetically modified tomatoes to be more resistant to mechanical handling. More recently, genetic engineering is being employed in various parts of the world to create crops with other beneficial traits. New research on woodland strawberry genome was found to be short and easy to manipulate. Researchers now have tools to improve strawberry flavors and aromas of cultivated strawberries, as stated in publications by Nature Genetics. Herbicide-tolerant GMO crops are available too. Roundup Ready seed has a herbicide-resistant gene implanted into its genome that allows the plant to tolerate exposure to glyphosate. Roundup is a trade name for a glyphosate-based product, which is systematic, non-selective herbicide used to kill weeds. Roundup Ready Seeds allow the farmer to grow a crop 
that can be sprayed with glyphosate to control weeds without harming the resistant crop. Herbicide tolerant crops are used by farmers worldwide. Today, 92% of soybean acreage in the U.S. is planted with genetically modified herbicide tolerant plants. With the increasing use of herbicide tolerant crops comes an increase in the use of glyphosate based herbicide sprays. In some areas glyphosate resistant weeds have developed causing farmers to switch to other herbicides. Some studies also link widespread glyphosate usage to iron deficiencies in some crops, which is both a crop production and nutritional quality concern with potential economic and health implications. There are insect-resistant GOMA crops. Other GMO crops used by growers include insect-resistant crops, which have a gene from the soil bacterium Bacillus thuringiensis, which produces a toxin specific to insects. These crops protect plants from damage by insects. One such crop is Starlink. Another is cotton, which accounts for 63% of the U.S. cotton acreage. Some believe that similar or better pest-resistant traits can be acquired through traditional breeding practices, and resistance to various pests can be gained through hybridization or cross-pollination with wild species. In some cases, wild species are the primary source of resistance traits. Some tomato cultivars that have gained resistance to at least 19 diseases did so through crossing with wild populations of tomatoes. Genetic engineers may someday develop transgenic plants which would allow for irrigation, drainage, conservation, sanitary engineering, and maintaining or increasing yield while requiring fewer fossil fuel derived inputs than conventional crops. Such developments would be particularly important in areas which are normally arid and rely upon constant irrigation and on large-scale farms. However, genetic engineering of plants has proven to be controversial. Many issues surrounding food security and environmental impacts have risen regarding GMO practices. For example, GMOs are questioned by some ecologists and economists concerned with GMO practices.
such as terminator seeds, which is a genetic modification that creates sterile seeds. Terminator seeds are currently under strong international opposition and face continual efforts of global bans. Basically, when you use a terminator seed, you have a crop for that season, but the seeds you would normally harvest from that crop for next season are sterile and cannot be used. So you must go back to the producer and buy more seed and fertilizer. For third world countries, this can be very cost prohibitive. Another controversial issue is the patent protection given to companies that develop new types of seed using genetic engineering. Since companies have intellectual ownership of their seeds, they have the power to dictate terms and conditions of their patented product. Currently, 10 seed companies control over two-thirds of the global seed sales. Some argue that these companies are guilty of biopiracy by patenting life and exploiting organisms for profit. Farmers using patented seeds are restricted from saving seed for subsequent plantings, which forces farmers to buy new seed every year. Since seed saving is a traditional practice for many farmers in both developing and developing countries, GMO seeds legally bind farmers to change their seed saving practices to buying new seed every year. A lot of them cannot afford to do that. Locally adapted seeds are an essential heritage that has the potential to be lost with current hybridization crops and GMOs. Locally adapted seeds, also called land races or crop ecotypes, are important because they have adapted over time to the specific microclimates, soils, and other environmental conditions, field designs, and ethnic preferences indigenous to the exact area of cultivation. Introducing GMOs and hybridized commercial seed to an area brings the risk of cross-pollination with local land races. Therefore, GMOs pose a threat to the sustainability of land races and ethnic heritages of cultures. Once seeds contains transgenic material, it becomes subject to the conditions of the seed company that owns the patent of the transgenic material.
Food security issues also coincide with food safety and food labeling concerns. Currently, a global treaty, the Biosafety Protocol, regulates the trade of GMOs. The EU currently requires all GMO foods to be labeled, whereas the U.S. does not require transparent labeling of GMO foods. Since there are still questions regarding the safety and risks associated with GMO foods, some believe the public should have the freedom to choose and know what they are eating and require all GMO products to be labeled. Agriculture has an environmental impact as well. Agriculture imposes external costs upon society through pesticides, nutrient runoff, excessive water usage, and assorted other problems. A 2000 assessment of agriculture in the UK determined total external costs for 1996 at 2,343 million pounds or 208 pounds per hectare. A 2005 analysis of these costs in the USA concluded that cropland imposes approximately 5 to 16 billion or 30 to 96 dollars per hectare, while livestock production imposes 714 million. Both studies concluded that more should be done to internalize external costs, and neither included subsidies in their analysis, but noted that subsidies also influence the cost of agriculture to society. Both analyses focused on purely fiscal impacts. The 2000 review included reported pesticide poisonings but did not speculative chronic effects on pesticides. And the 2004 review relied on a 1992 estimate of the total impact of pesticides. In the year 2010, the International Resource Panel of the United Nations Environment Program published a report assessing the environmental impacts of consumption and production. The study found that agriculture and food consumption are two of the most important drivers of environmental pressures, particularly habitat change, climate change, water use, and toxic emissions. Agriculture accounts for 70% of withdrawals of freshwater resources. However, 
increasing pressure being placed on water resources by industry, cities, and the involving biofuels industry means that water scarcity is increasing and agriculture is facing the challenge of producing more food for the world's growing population with fewer water resources. Scientists are also realizing that water resources need to be allocated to maintain natural environmental services, such as protecting towns from flooding, cleaning ecosystems, and supporting fish stocks. In the book, Out of Water, From Abundance to Scarcity, and How to Solve the World's Water Problems, authors Colin Charters and Samyukta Varma of the International Water Management Institute lay down a six-point plan of action for addressing the global challenge of producing sufficient food for the world with dwindling water resources. A key player who is credited to saving billions of lives because of his revolutionary work in developing new agricultural techniques is Norman Borlaug. His transformative work brought high-yield crop varieties to developing countries in the early 50s and 1960s and earned him the unofficial title as the father of the Green Revolution. Farming also has issues with livestock. A senior United Nations official and co-author of United Nations report detailing this problem said, livestock are one of the most significant contributors to today's most serious environmental problems. Livestock production occupies 70% of all land used for agriculture, or 30% of the land surface on the planet. It is one of the largest sources of greenhouse gases, responsible for 18% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions as measured in CO2 equivalents. By comparison, all transportation emits 13.5% of the CO2. It produces 65% of human-related nitrous oxide, which has 296 times the global warming potential of CO2 and 37% of all human-induced methane, which is 23 times as warming as CO2. It also generates 64% of the ammonia emissions. Livestock expansion is cited as a key factor driving deforestation in the Amazon basin, 70% of previously forested area 
is now occupied by pastures and the remainder is used for feed crop. Land transformation, the use of land to yield goods and services, is the most substantial way humans alter the Earth's ecosystems and is considered the driving force in the loss of biodiversity. Estimates of the amount of land transformed by humans varies from 39 to 50 percent. Land degradation, the long-term decline in ecosystem function and productivity, is estimated to be occurring on 24% of land worldwide, with cropland overrepresented. The UN FAO report cites land management as the driving factor behind degradation and reports that 1.5 billion people rely upon the degrading land. Degradation can be deforestation, desertification, soil erosion, mineral depletion, or chemical degradation, such as acidification and salinization. Eutrophication, which is excessive nutrients in aquatic ecosystems, resulting in algae blooms and anoxia, leads to fish kills, loss of biodiversity, and renders water unfit for drinking and other industrial uses. Excessive fertilization and manure application to cropland as well as high livestock stocking densities causes nutrients, mainly nitrogen and phosphorus runoff, and leaching from agricultural land. These nutrients are major non-point pollutants contributing to eutrophication of aquatic systems. Pesticide use has increased since 1950 to 2.5 million tons annually worldwide. Yet astoundingly, crop loss from pests has remained constant. The World Health Organization estimated in 1992 that 3 million pesticide poisonings occur annually causing 220,000 deaths. Pesticides select for pesticide resistance in the pest population, leading to a condition termed as the pesticide treadmill, in which pest resistance warrants the development of new pest pesticides. An alternative argument 
is that the way to save the environment and prevent famine is by using pesticides and intensive high-yield farming, a view exemplified by a quote heading the Center for Global Food Issue website, grow more per acre leaves more land for nature. However, critics argue that a trade-off between the environment and the need for food is not inevitable and that pesticides simply replace good farming practices such as crop rotation. Climate change has the potential to affect agriculture through changes in temperature, rainfall, CO2, solar radiation, and the interaction of these elements. Agriculture can both mitigate or worsen global warming. Some of the increase of CO2 in the atmosphere comes from the decomposition of organic matter in the soil and much of the methane emitted into the atmosphere is caused by the decomposition of organic matter in wet soils such as rice paddies. Further, wet or anaerobic soils also lose nitrogen through dentrification, releasing the greenhouse gases nitric oxide and nitrous oxide. Changes in management can reduce the release of these greenhouse gases and soil can be further used to sequester some of the CO2 in the atmosphere. But we must make a concerted effort to do this. Some major organizations are hailing farming within agroecosystems as the way forward for mainstream agriculture. Current farming methods have resulted in overstretched water resources, high levels of erosion, and reduced soil fertility. According to a report by the International Water Management Institute and the United Nations Environmental Program, there is not enough water to continue farming using current practices. Therefore, how we use critical water, land, and ecosystem resources to produce crop yields must be reconsidered. The report suggested that we may need to assign values to ecosystems, recognize environmental and livelihood trade-offs, and balance the rights and the variety of users and interests. We would also need to address inequities that result when such measures are adopted, such as the reallocation of water from poor to rich, the clearing of land to make way for more productive farmland, or the preservation of wetland systems that fights fishing rights. Technological advancement help provide farmers with tools and resources to make farming more sustainable. New technologies have given rise to innovations like conservation tillage, 
a farming process which helped prevent land loss due to erosion, water pollution, and enhances carbon sequestration. If we all work together, we can make farming work for us. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.